Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for another edition of Know Your Enemy. It is week two in the NFL, and man, it sure feels good to say that. Once again, of course, I am Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm hanging in there. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a very special guest from the Mile High Report, um, Joe Rowles. Joe, how are you doing, sir? I am also hanging in there. Couldn't get any better sounding to me, I think. (laughs) Um, Guys, we got football back, and it sure feels good. Joe, I'll pose this to you first. What what did you like the most out of uh, out of your Denver Broncos in Week One? I thought Draymond Jones was really exciting. Uh, I thought Jarrell Casey was as advertised. Um, Melvin Gordon was better than I hoped uh, so far, so that was good. Jerry Judy's release looked really nice. Uh, if he can kind of get the catches, kind of rookie stuff. Um, and again, I'm. Whole, you know, before I go on a tangent, uh, Jerry Rice dropped passes his rookie year. So and I'm not saying Jerry Judy's Jerry Rice, but so I'm not, I'm not too concerned with that, but I was really excited to see his route running, um, what I could see of it. Uh, yeah, Noah Fant, the first half of the game with Noah Fant was really awesome. So a lot of, a lot of stuff I liked. Garrett Bowles did not poop himself. I was really excited about that. <laughs> um, I was worried. I, I've been sweating Garrett Bowles all year. So I'm, I was really excited to see that he didn't look terrible. So that was good. A year under Mike Munchak, that uh, that does wonders. Yeah. We, we in Pittsburgh know all about that. I'm I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit. But Jeffrey, I, yeah. I want to ask you the same question about the Steelers first. What'd you like out of them in Week One? I liked how Ben Roethlisberger recovered. He had a rough start, and he kind of changed his game. He fitted in. He was he was more of a game manager. He was taking what was there. He was playing smart. 
Uh, committed no turnovers, ended up with three touchdowns. I thought he warmed up well. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, he, he, was, he was dictating a lot of what the defense was doing and doing a great job out there. Benny Snell coming in and uh, I, the run defense. I mean, they, what they did to Saquon was historic. Yeah, no, that uh, that definitely was one of the more, most notable uh, performances by this defense. Um, of course, a unit that really came together last year. So it'll be exciting to see what they can do against the run moving forward. Joe, I got to ask you on the flip side of that, uh, what you didn't like in week one. Of course, uh, losing to a team that missed a ton of field goals, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, other than that, uh, what, uh, what uh, did you not like about the uh, Broncos' first performance? Just some sloppy play in general. Uh, again, the Judy drops were bad. Uh, I they had a couple of really dumb turnovers. Uh, though not turnovers, they had really well. They had a dumb turnover with Melvin Gordon. They had a couple of really dumb penalties. The Josie Jewell penalty with the face mask was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, Alexander Johnson. It was you. There's a lot of arguments still going on in Broncos country about how kind of ticky tacky that was. But whether it was or not, it was a penalty. That was a dumb penalty. It really cost Denver a turnover. Um. That kind of stuff, the, the clock management by Fangio at the end, uh, that's been a debate for the last three days in Broncos country. That was really frustrating. Uh, that mostly. Uh, the fact that Denver had a golden opportunity there where they no one misses four kicks in a game, and Denver had that in their hands, and they blew it, kind of. So, young team, but still, that was frustrating. Yeah, no kidding. Now, Jeffrey, uh, same to you. What uh, what did you not like with the Steelers week one uh, week one game? I didn't like the injuries. We lost a, we lost some offensive linemen. Uh, I don't I don't like that. We're 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 running a little shallow there. Uh, there wasn't a lot to dislike. There wasn't a lot to dislike. I think the Steelers came in with a clear game plan. So there's some things you can say you don't like just simply because of how the Steelers schemed things. But we'll we'll have to see. There, there was a very specific scheme going on in New York, and it's going to be a different game when, when Denver comes to Three River or to Heinz Field. <laughs> I think you're only out about twenty ish years on that. Uh, only, only a little, little off. Speaking of injuries, though, Denver also hit yeah. huge so far, especially in the last two weeks with injuries. Uh, really, almost a starting lineup of names um, right now. What's what's really the most concerning one of you? Obviously, Von Miller's a, a giant loss, but. I guess more so outside of that, what's uh, what's the most concerning uh, injury that you're feeling right now, Joe? Uh, well, we the Broncos aren't going to have AJ Boye for this game, and that terrifies me because the Steelers' receiving core is low key going to be very, very good all year. Um, and I th- I think you touched on it, Jeffrey. Uh, Big Ben can be a game manager in part because he has the weapons now to basically just put the ball in their hands, and they're going to make plays. And without AJ Boye, Denver could be playing two rookies significant playing time in the secondary. That's very concerning. So, yeah, with that too, I know Bradley Chubb's coming off uh, ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, the rumor was he'd be on a, a snap count. Is that something we saw in Week One and kind of can expect again in Week Two? Uh, he, I just was looking at this. He actually played in seventy-three percent of the snaps Denver had on the field, so he wasn't. He was probably on a pitch count, but he played a lot. Um, from what I've seen, I've gone over the tape now twice. He looked pretty good. Uh, hopefully, looking better. Uh, I know he didn't have a lot, like basically anything in terms of stats, but the Titans were sliding protection his way. He definitely got chipped a few times. He was still getting there. He just wasn't actually bringing Tannehill down. Uh, granted, it might be a different story with Ben. Ben's hard to bring down anyway. Uh, and Villanueva, like you guys have a really good left tackle. So, 
people were a little angry at uh, Al uh, on uh, on the Twitterverse today, so I guess that might be something to look at too. But without touching too much on that, because I think a lot of people said uh, said their piece already. Jeffrey, how, how do the Steelers uh, exploit the uh, the Broncos' injuries? I think I think you have to attack the cornerbacks. You really have to work on them. Um, but you, you'd think that would be deep, but you've got to watch out for their safeties, though. They're, they've got two really good safeties in Denver. Uh, so I would expect a lot of what we saw uh, a lot of what we saw against New York in the passing game, where if if the Broncos are running man, um, you see those rub routes. If they're running zone, just you know attacking them with short change of directions, overload their zones. Just very simple, simple stuff to attack some quarterbacks who might not have all the nuances of NFL defenses going. Because we got receivers that can do that. And speaking of uh, some receivers on the other side there, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, uh, game status is still up in the air for both those guys. Joe, what are you uh, What are you kind of hearing on those two? Well, the, the hope is that KJ Hamler is good to go. And I think one of the reasons Denver kind of sat Cortland Sutton last week was the idea that kind of giving him a little bit more time would kind of help him down the rest of the 15 games. Uh, so we'll see, uh, the receiving core is a completely different animal without Sutton in the lineup. So hopefully even if he's like 80%, he plays, but we'll see. Yeah. And then an, another pretty uh, key injury, Philip Lindsay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know the, the rumor right now is that it, it's, it's, uh, doubtful leaning more so into the side that he doesn't play. Have you, uh, have you heard anything on that front as well? Every, everything I've heard is that he's probably not going to play. Uh, it sounds like it's going to probably be a couple weeks for him. So yeah, he, I, I don't think he's going to play. So with that in mind, Jeffrey, um, instead of the Steelers taking on a, a dual headed threat in, uh, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, what, what kind of the, uh, what do the Steelers have to do to kind of just defend against the one in Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon, uh, I, I think you just play him straight up. I, I don't, I don't think he's the kind of running back you really is, have to demand a whole lot of attention to. Uh, obviously he can catch he's he's he can do everything um so you do want to you don't want to defend him but he's not someone you really want to worry about to the point of of what we did with Saquon Barkley uh I don't think he's a guy that's a threat to to just take over the entire game and beat you single-handedly so I I'm not that worried about him I think I think keeping Devin Bush kind of you know focused on the running back keep him focused on the running game and attacking the offensive line that's that's what you gotta do now, you mentioned Devin Bush. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a whole bunch of ties to the Broncos with that trade. Uh, obviously, Noah Fant and Drew Locke kind of being the pieces that end up going uh, the other way to Denver. Um, Joe, I kind of pose this to you first. Do you think uh, Do you think uh, you keep an eye on Devin Bush and uh, see what he's doing compared to the guys that you got just to kind of keep tabs on, uh, on that kind of big-time draft day trade from a year ago? I had Devin Bush as my third best player in the NFL draft for the Broncos' needs last year. Um, behind Ed Oliver, who I, I just loved Ed Oliver coming out, yeah. and then White. And I had White and Bush kind of flipping back and forth the entire draft process. So, yeah, I keep an eye on Bush just because I love him anyway. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to turn into a very, very good pro. And it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that Bush was a rookie last year and then Micah Fitzpatrick came in so late. So even as good as the Steelers' defense was last year, like I, I expect them to be even better this year. I don't know if they're going to get as many turnovers, but I think the overall defensive performance is going to be better. So... Yeah, you know, I I think the sentiment uh, rings true to a lot of Steelers fans that they are kind of expecting another step from the defense. But on the other side of that trade, of course, uh, some big names on the Broncos uh, front right now. Jeffrey, is is that something you think uh, 
think Steelers fans should be concerned about that uh, a guy like Drew Locke and Noah Fant are uh, lining up in Denver now because Steelers uh, move those picks out to uh, move up for Devin Bush? I don't, I don't think so. Devin Bush was such a key add to our defense uh, for a team looking to try and get another Super Bowl with Ben Roethlisberger. That, that was a great move for us. Uh, it, it fills a big need and an immediate need. Whereas Denver is looking saying, hey, if we get if they get a franchise quarterback out of it, then it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. as good as as good as Devin Bush can be. If they get if they get if Drew Locke is their franchise quarterback, then it was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think this might be one of those uh, one rare trades that both teams really are winners in this case. Um, backtracking a little bit to Vaughn Miller. Of course, Joe, that injury is uh, one of the more obviously serious ones. Like you don't uh, you don't really come across an edge rusher like Vaughn Miller every every year. Um, one of those kind of franchise uh, type guys. How are, how do the Broncos kind of uh, uh, kind of relieve him in that role for uh, last week? And what do you kind of expect from them on on their pass rushing front against the Steelers O line? Well, against against the Titans, it ended up leading to a lot of Jeremiah Atach, Atachu playing. Uh, Malik Reed will probably see a little bit more snaps now, just because uh, the Steelers do like to pass it out of traditional sets a little bit more than the Tannehill Titans do. Uh, the Titans like to basically just run it down your throat. Reed being a little bit lighter was a problem for that. So Atatu actually played more than him last week, but I would definitely see them. They're going to split the low, but I do think Reed will play more. Um, other than that, uh, Big Fangio has kind of sent Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell on more blitzes. They've been trying to, they definitely, from what I could see, again, I don't have the all 22, but from what I've seen, they're definitely using more stunts. They're definitely kind of like, they're trying to bring more pressure by design to make up for the fact that they just, they just don't have on. Right, and that's something the Steelers are going to have to deal with uh, with uh, out a couple of their offensive linemen. Um, obviously, Zach Banner tearing his ACL. He's done for the year. They're starting right tackle. Inside, we still don't know DeCastro's De game status and his backup uh, injured his pack, that, that being Stefan Wisniewski. So, Jeffrey, can the Steelers uh, slow down this uh, kind of injury-riddled uh, uh, defensive front? I think they do all right. Um, the What's his name? Kevin Dotson, who came in at the end of the game. Uh, he didn't play a lot of snaps, but he had, he was in their pass blocking on the, uh, on the Juju Smith Schuster touchdown. He was, he was in for the running game when they were running Benny Snell to run the clock out and they ran his way several times. I was really impressed with him in his rookie film. Uh, he missed some time in camp, which really hurt his development and how much the, the coaching staff trusts him. But if he gets thrust into action, I think we can handle it. Uh, I, I really do like Denver's front. It, it, it obviously lacks star power without Von. Last some without Von Miller, that guy's a big, big player. Uh, but they're they're still scrappy. They get it done. They were they were giving the Titans some problems in the front four. Right now, Drew Locke obviously entering year two. Um, I, I believe it was uh, six and one or six and two as a starter uh, in twenty nineteen. Uh, not like the the best game in the world uh, week one. Um, what's what's kind of the vibe on him right now in Denver? Cautious optimism is how I would probably describe it. Uh, I, a lot of people saw how he didn't kind of flub against the Titans and basically say he looks like he's going to grow into it. I I firmly believe that the jury is definitely still out. Uh, usually defenses don't really have enough tape on him to really start to throw wrenches at him yet. And I think that this could be the start of it because at this point, the Steelers are going to have six games from him. They saw him last year. Now they've seen how he developed over the offseason, at least in the first game. 
And I would expect them to start to throw some of the nickel blitzes they're there throwing at Daniel Jones. Uh, I think they're going to play with uh, Watt and Dupree dropping more um, because I definitely think that Locke could give them some gifts. I, I hope he doesn't, but I, I could definitely see it. Yeah, now Daniel Jones was pretty uh, pretty cautious with the ball. Mm-hmm. What, what are you thinking in this game, Jeffrey, with, uh, with Drew Locke coming in? Um, Obviously not a ton of tape on him. What do the Steelers' uh, defense need to do to, to to force those turnovers that Joe was talking about? Well, Locke, Locke is willing to throw deep. Uh, we know that. He he was attempting, if you look at, uh, I think it was next-gen stats, had his 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 attempted air yards average was pretty high. It was one of the higher ones. He, he's willing to throw deep. So you're going to have to keep your deep zone coverage on track. It's going to have to be on target. Um which if the Steelers keep putting Terrell Edmonds back there, we could, that could be a problem. Uh, I, I, I think you really have to be careful with those receivers and the tight ends. The, the Denver Broncos love using multiple tight end packages. Mm-hmm. And like Joe said, uh, if, if they go multiple tight ends and the Steelers counter with that three, four, you're going to see TJ Watt and, and, and Bud Dupree dropping into coverage instead of pass rushing, which is a win. I mean, that's a, that's a win for the Broncos there. TJ Watt is obviously a dangerous still cover guy. But he's much, much more dangerous rushing the passer. So that that is an area area to watch because if if they can get tight ends matched up on TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and attack the seams, that's because the Steelers tend to go cover three a lot when they drop TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, and you can just attack those seams because they don't adjust. They're not they're they're decent in coverage for outside linebackers, but that I mean, what is that? What is it when you're a decent out linebacker and cover outside linebacker in coverage? You're still not that good. Um, so that's one way they can attack us. No fan, uh, Jake Butt and Nick Vanette could it could be could be trouble for us. And if they're doing that, then Daniel Jones or not Daniel Jones, Drew Locke can have some success because he'll have throws to make. He'll have those mid range throws to make. And once you start having to cover for that, it's other things open up. Our old buddy Nick Vanette. Um, interesting, you you bring him up, uh, Joe. I'm just I'm just curious, what kind of usage is. Uh, do you see Vanette kind of getting in, in Denver right now? And uh, obviously he didn't uh, love his time in Pittsburgh. Has he mentioned uh, anything about uh, enjoying himself in Denver? Oh, I mean, so far he seems pretty, pretty happy with it. Uh, he definitely talked about back in camp about how the Broncos tight end room is the most talented one he's been in. Uh, so there's that in the first game, he mostly played. Uh, he came on for some two tight end sets. I think that I, I went back and counted it. It looked like the Broncos used, uh, 12 personnel about 10 times out of their snaps on offense. Uh, he also rotated in a few different times where he was the only tight end where no fan came off the field. Um, none of, none of his usage was like all that crazy. He ran most of the same kind of stuff you'd see it. Like he used at Pittsburgh, uh, easy routes in the midfield, like five to 10 yard range. And then mostly blocking. Um, he's a complimentary option. Mostly. Um, the, the big one is Noah Fant. Um, I don't know why he disappeared in the second half yet. I really need to go back and look at the coverages once I'm able to. But Noah Fant in the first half was damn near unstoppable. Um, and what's really crazy in the first half with it, it was a lot of uh, yards after catch. And the Broncos would just get him the ball, and he he was really explosive. And again, he's a crazy athlete, so it's not surprising. But if they start to kind of unleash him in that middle of the field too, like he could be, he could be an X factor for the game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Obviously, tight end, that kind of slot spot is something the Steelers uh, have struggled with uh, in coverage a little bit. Jeffrey, obviously the Steelers, I, I, I would say, did a pretty good job against Evan Engram uh, a week ago. Uh, 
do you think they're they're able to continue that trend moving forward? Obviously, without uh, Mark Barron uh, this year, the uh, the coverage duties to those slot spots uh, fell on someone else's shoulders. So, um, how do, how do the Steelers defend that that big time tight end and someone in the slot? Well, Evan Engram, they did a lot of Terrell Edmonds on him. Um, and his only two, he had two catches on seven targets for nine yards. And those two catches were when Terrell Edmonds was off of him. They just kind of avoided him when Terrell Edmonds was on Evan Engram and man. Uh, they, for, for the, for the tight ends we're talking about in Denver, I think they've got better blockers. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's going to be harder to do. Noah Fan obviously is a big time athlete. Uh, you, you could see Terrell Edmonds on him trying to just kind of, Say okay, we'll give up a little blocking here to shut him down in the passing game to try and do that. But I, I, I think the real problem is when they go with a with a two tight end set or something like that, they can they can create mismatches b- because you're pulling you're pulling wide receivers out, you're putting defensive linemen in or cornerbacks, you're pulling off a cornerback, putting in a defensive lineman, it creates better better matchups. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Joe, with your receiving core and tight end core, what uh, what skill position guy, one guy particularly, do you think Steelers fans should be most worried about uh, going off against uh, them this weekend? Cortland Sutton. Um, and I and I know like the Steelers have a very talented group of cornerbacks. Like they're they're much improved from even a couple years ago. Uh, but Cortland Sutton, if again, if he's anything close to one hundred percent, I I I've watched over his tape like six different times from last year. And there's definitely areas where he can improve. And year three tends to be where kind of things start to slow down and all the like little adjustments start to happen. So again, if he's anything close to healthy, I, I expect a really big game from him. Um, he's definitely Locke's favorite target. Locke is the kind of quarterback, at least at this point in his development, that if his number one receiver is even remotely open, he's going to give him a chance. And Colton Sutton makes him right more than he's wrong. Here we go. And speaking of Drew Locke, I'll just backtrack a little bit to you, Jeffrey. Um, in the, obviously facing uh, Daniel Jones week one, Drew Locke week two, which one of the, those two kind of scare you more? Um, and in a sense, is this a, a tougher matchup for the Steelers? Definitely. I think, I think Drew Locke is, is going to be a tougher assignment because he's more willing to throw deep and also he has better receivers. I mean, Daniel Jones was good, but he's a solid young guy, but he doesn't have the targets that Drew Locke has now. Uh if, if, if they're getting good matchups, if they're able to get open, you know, they can, they can beat these. They can beat our quarterbacks. They can give them trouble. Uh, and then he can, he'll throw it. He'll take those chances. And we've seen we have some guys who are good in coverage that are hard at actually playing the ball. You know, so if you're getting some deep – if Cortland Sutton, for example, is on uh, 
gets over on Joe Hayden's side and they're playing Joe Hayden underneath and, and Terrell Edmonds over the top. And he just airs it out to Sutton. I mean, you're, you're tasking Terrell Edmonds against a guy who's really good with finding the ball and bringing it in. And that's not Terrell Edmonds strength. So it, it all depends on the matchups. Like you, you, you get them over there. That's a throw to make. That's a throw to take. Now, speaking of Gordon Sutton again, Jeffrey, um, obviously being that top target, if he's good to go, what's it going to take for the Steelers to uh, slow him down? I, I would prefer to see him on uh, Steven Nelson. I think that's a much more favorable matchup for the Steelers uh, because you have Nelson who also plays mostly on Minka's side. So like having that, having that threat of, okay, you can cut, you can kind of, we'll, we'll put Steven Nelson, you know, covering over the top and Minka Fitzpatrick looking to jump routes on jump routes. If you drop like a 10 yard in route, something like that, he's looking to jump it. That works against a Cortland Sutton um, where I think a Jerry Judy is actually a better matchup for the Broncos to get on, on uh, Steven Nelson. And if you can get Cortland Sutton on, on Hayden and Terrell Edmonds, that's, that's troublesome. That's just, that's, that's rough. Cause he's fast. And he'll bring that ball in. Like, he can bring in jump balls. So that's that's a place you could see some big plays happening. Um, but I'm, I'm actually really, really concerned about uh, Jerry Judy forcing the Steelers' hand and, and kind of opening things up for Sutton. Right. Now, uh, speaking of that uh, Steelers' defense, Joe, how, uh, how are the Broncos going to attack this unit? Uh, and what's kind of the vibe you're getting from this game? Do you think that the Broncos are going to be able to score – um, are they going to have to hold on to the ball for a long time, or what's uh, what do they got to do to uh, to stop this defense? I think we're going to see a lot of ball control unless Sutton gets a favorable matchup. Uh, one of the things I thought Daniel Jones was doing a really good job. I was actually just watching the Giants game before I came on. Um, they hit they hit the Steelers a couple of times with like slant flat type patterns, or it looked like slant flat. It was definitely slant, but I, I couldn't always see what else was happening. Um, those are going to be there, and Pat Shermer loves throwing those and it's an easy completion. Um, though they're going to try and mix in some screens. Um, I don't know how effective they're going to be. They had trouble with it last week. Uh, but Pat Shermer's screen game tends to be pretty decent. So another week of that could, could lead to an explosive, like again, a yak play for Noah Fant. That's kind of what they're trying to do. Uh, but I think it's going to be through the air. If they're going to win, it's going to be Drew Locke carrying him there. Cause I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to move the ground very much on the ground. Now, uh, on the flip side of that coin, Jeffrey, that Steelers defense, uh, a pretty loaded unit, but uh, they're facing a ton of skill players uh, on the uh, on the opposite side of the field. What are the Steelers defense going to do to uh, to keep this uh, a low scoring affair again? I think I think you got to you've got to keep Drew Lock uh, contained and also pressured. Uh, he's very accurate on the run. He showed that um, he can make big plays if he's scrambling out of the pocket. So keep him contained and also get pressure there, uh, which isn't going to be easy. It's, it's a Mike Munchak team. That's his second year, and he has been stellar throughout his career. At By the time once he's been on a team two years, you just can't get to their quarterback. Uh, so that's going to be a big deal because we that's, that's where his talent is, is on that front four. And if they can't get to Drew Locke and he has time, you know, our secondary can be beaten. It's it's good, but it can be beaten. So that that to me is the key there. Awesome. And speaking of uh, Coach Bunchak, Joe, obviously uh, we're we're quite familiar with what he was able to do and kind of transform the Steelers' offensive line. Of course, it's only uh, one game into this season, but what kind of uh, what kind of differences have you seen from uh, the Broncos' O line from 2019 to this season? Well, 
before since Munchak's been hired, the Broncos have actually churned out their entire offensive line other than Garrett Bowles. Um, Elijah Wilkinson's now the tackle because Jawan James opted out, but the entire interior of the offensive line is different, and the running game looks completely different than it did a year, like not a year ago, but two years ago. So, like you can see the Munchak influence. Um, they like to pull Dalton Reisner. You're going to definitely see a lot of that. They're going to try and get him out in the move. Now that they have Graham Glasgow, they started to do that last week to try and get Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay out in space. Uh, they're also going to run counter plays using that to kind of bait action away from it. Uh, but yeah, and then the pass protection. Garrett Bowles is – there's a chance that Garrett Bowles actually might be decent this year. Um, he's been a first-round bust. I know I, I, I'm i really hard on him. I tend to be. But it's just – he was so bad for the first couple of years of his career. But even over the course of last year, he still was getting – he was getting caught with a lot of the same issues – but the Broncos were managing it much better. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the coaching. And I think that they did that last week too. And the fact that Garrett Bowles held up to Harold Landry for the most part was really encouraging. Now, Steelers offensive line obviously is aging a little bit, Jeffrey. But uh, do you think there's some sort of a, a drop-off um, from a technical base or, or anything along those lines from uh, from the loss of uh, Coach Munchak not, no longer uh, being in the Steelers' room? I think I think we are kind of seeing that. Uh, like Joe was saying, they're cov- they're able to cover for people who aren't playing quite as well, better under Munchak. And I think you see that with like Marquise Pouncey um, when he's in a when he gets a tough matchup when he's struggling. It's 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 just him struggling, and you see it. It's it's not you know we're covering for that we're shifting things and all of a sudden it's okay. Marquise Pouncey is weak here, and we'll find a way to to get through that. Uh, so I, I think a lot of their weaknesses are being exposed more without Munchak there, but we still, we saw Ben stay mostly clean. You know, they're, they New York has some good defensive linemen. They're still mostly clean. Those guys haven't forgotten everything yet. And, uh, Sh- seems like a, or whatever his name is, Sarrett, Sean Sarrett. It's a, man, I'm terrible with names. Uh, <laughs> you got it. he seems, he seems to be pretty good. You know, I, I think he's a good offensive line coach. But you're talking about replacing probably one of the best this the NFL has. Right now, uh, I think uh, I think now we'll flip over to uh, part two for those of you listening on the podcast platform. If you're watching on YouTube, just just hang tight. Uh, we got more uh, conversation with uh, Joe Joe Rouse from the Mile High Report coming up. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.